0: The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.
1: Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and it's that time of year when the housing market starts to pick up steam. So if you have been thinking about selling your home, please know a couple of things. Interest rates are going up. They're going to rise the rest of the year. If you need to sell or you're thinking about it, right now is the time to list your home with realestateagentsitrust.com. I started realestateagentsitrust.com because I knew there had to be a better way to sell or buy a home. And with the market average for Selling cycle of six to nine months you need to get a jump on the rest of the market competition is going to be stiff this year but with real estate agents I my team has assembled the agents who I trust who you can trust who will get the most money for your home as quickly as possible at real estate com, we've taken the guesswork and anxiety out of selling your home so put them to work for you now real estate agents I real estate agents I trust.com. real agents I trust.com is a Mercury. Real estate, LLC. First, let's tell you about home title lock. Home title lock is uh, something that Stu turned me on to and uh, I immediately um, called in and got this for my family because I mean, this is this is real crime that can be stopped and nobody's looking at it.
2: Yeah, you're talking about one of the fastest growing crimes in America. It's not uh, it's happening to a lot of people because a lot of this is because it was always possible for this to happen. Some cases have happened a long time ago, but it's happening much more because of the titles being stored online Basically, you know, people from all around the world can go target your, uh, your home, they get your title, they file some paperwork... And then what happens? You're in serious trouble because they're able to take control. They can get home equity it. loans, hundreds of thousands of dollars. You're stuck with all the court nonsense. It really is. a. Uh, it's really it's really rough. Um, HomeTitleLock.com is the place to go. They have a $100 scan that you can get for free if you go and sign up for Home Title Lock now. Find out if you're already a victim. If you have rental properties, this is a big deal as well. lock.com is the place to go. HomeTitleLock.com. Stop this stuff before it starts.
3: Glenn back
1: where do we start where do we start the migrant caravan why not it's crawling towards the u.s mexico border did not have the overwhelming effect that democrats hoped it would in tuesday's midterm elections and it doesn't didn't have the uh effect that i think maybe some in the republican party hoped it would have but it doesn't mean that it wasn't a factor exit polling from tuesday indicates that immigration was the second most important issue to voters right behind health care. 23% of voters said immigration was their top issue. All the media attention heaped on the caravan. President Trump's reaction to it did have an impact. Though the election is over, the caravan is not turning back. Confrontation at the border is inevitable, which means more chances for the left to demonize the president. And believe me... If you stand with the president, you are going to look like an Israeli, because that is exactly how this is going to be spun. The big bad Israelis against the poor, innocent Palestinians. If you've been wondering exactly why a large immigrant caravan is headed our way in the first place, assuming for a moment that is not just a political stunt, a story in the Washington Post has finally solved the mystery. You want to know why? The Washington Post reports it's climate change. I mean, of course it's climate change. How did we even see this? Still, shame on you for not seeing that this was climate change. A lot of uh, thousands of migrants move all over the world when 0. 0.9
2: degrees Celsius changes over a century. It's well, common. you gotta
1: march out of Honduras. This, according to the Washington Post, climate change is wreaking uh, havoc mm. on rural Honduras and pushing people north. The story claims an unpredictable climate has ruined crops and created environmental challenges for millions of Honduran farmers. To survive the bad harvests, people are fleeing to cities and even north to the U.S. According to the story, Honduras is one of the most vulnerable countries in the world to climate change. Wow. All of that climate change just focused right there on Honduras. Oh, it must be so horrible. Farmers dealing with drought, unpredictable weather. Wait a minute. The post says that that's what it is. Unpredictable weather and drought. Yeah, that's totally new in world history, isn't it? Humans have never had to deal with an area that has drought. Drought. Climate change cause uh, and effect angle definitely feels like just another way to toss some more fuel on this progressive bonfire. Uh, But they've got some experts. One of the left's favorite fundraising causes, along with the experts, it's genius. I mean, when you think about it, combining two hotbed leftist issues, migrant caravans and climate change. Oh this is this is going to be fun to watch how do you fight against nonsense well we'll talk about that as we begin our program it's
3: thursday november 8th this is the glenbeck program
1: i can't believe you Stu. i cannot believe you how did you not know that you are, I rely on you for the climate change thing.
2: And I missed it. I missed
1: it. I think if we just it's kind so of start clear. the show
2: every day with climate change is responsible for whatever terrible thing happened that day, we're going to go, uh, we're going to go the right direction. Jeez. At least we would never get up. No, no media source would ever be upset with us.
1: Hmm. We'd have that going for us. You are. <laughs> you failed. Thank you. You failed us. Uh, especially with Honduras being the hotbed. All of the global warming and the global climate change really centering uh, centering right there on Honduras. Honduras Mm -hmm. is the worst affected, Uh, uh, which is strange, not Guatemala, which is right next door. It's Honduras. Right. Belize is totally fine. Totally fine. Mm -hmm. Fine. But Honduras, Mm -hmm. all of the global climate change (laughs) is happening right there. (sighs) It's an amazing world. Can we can we have a discussion as adults here? Because um, I don't know how to do my job if I have to babysit everybody, if I have to pick sides, and um, and I want to start the show with this. I have children. I have four children, and I can't tell you how many times I have said as a parent, and maybe it's just me because I'm sure I'm the only one that has this problem, where one of the kids will run in to mom or dad and say "They oh, evaded mm-hmm. and then the other one will run in and say oh, no it's this <laughs> and eventually they say well they started it well you were worse and i'm sure i'm the only parent ever that has said i don't care who started it Stop it right now, but she I'm talking about you right now. I'll talk about her with her later. Now, what happens when a parent says, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And you started it. You started it. Oh, honey, don't worry about what you did. He started it. What happens to the family? What happens to the children? What are you teaching? Uh, really bad outcomes. Really bad uh, outcomes. And really bad lessons. Yeah. Family generally falls apart when the parent picks a favorite. So I'm not going to be a bad parent. And apparently that's what we need now. Every citizen. Need, you have another family. I don't know if you know this. You have a whole town and an entire industry That needs you as a parent to stand up and say, Knock it off. I don't care who started it. Now, I'm going to take you through the Jim Acosta story, but I want you to hear the whole clip. I don't want you to hear just what CNN is playing or just what the right is playing. I want you to hear the whole clip because we have two children. Now, we have one child who is a hellraiser. We have one child that the school calls almost every day and say, "You will not believe what your child is doing today." And you want to take that child in and, and say, "Everyday, would you stop it? Would you please just stop it? What are you doing?" That child was in trouble again yesterday, but you also have conflict between another one another one of your children is a big fat bully now the school says they're both bullies and you can see that yes they are they're both bullies yeah but they started it i'm only i don't care I want to see the whole... Because this is a time when usually you don't have this in a family. I have the videotape. I, I, Let's sit down, kids. Let's sit down. And I'm going to show you what each of you did. And you both deserve a timeout. Now I'm going to get to that here in just a second. First, let me stop and tell you about our sponsor this half hour. Because once my parenting skills begin i cannot have them interrupted and remember parents we have to stick together if one of the children come to us and ask to pull us apart the whole thing pulls apart my patriot supply we're in a season of change i don't know if you know this Hey, by the way, uh, let me just give you a couple of things here. Uh, headline, uh, flashpoint for war, U.S.-Japan plan on military response to Chinese incursions. Uh, world's largest asset manager warns uh, dollar day's as global reserve currency are numbered. British troops now uh, have to be foreign nationals because nobody is signing up to defend Great Britain. Italian people must understand their country is already at war. Uh, how the Saudis uh, crushed a rival in a shakedown at the Ritz-Carlton, and it looks like they killed another uh, journalist. Uh, the Coptic uh, Christians were under attack. I mean, we've we've got a few things. Oh, by the way, Uh, In Thousand Oaks, California, this is where the Kardashians live. This is a very, very, very well-to-do neighborhood. Uh, There was just a shooting last night. But other than that, everything's fine. What do you say you prepare for the eventuality that maybe things spiral out of control for a little while? You need a plan for food storage, water filtration, emergencies. Protection from disasters, survival tools. I get my items from My Patriot Supply. I use them and you should too. They've helped millions of Americans just like you become more self reliant. I highly recommend that. My Patriot Supply sells hundreds of items, including emergency food kits, gravity powered water filtration systems, all at MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Do it now, MyPatriotSupply.com. Okay, Glenn's School of Parenting, I have found now that I have kids that are between the ages of 13 and 30, there's a few secrets. And one is kids are going to run into the room and uh, they're going to blame each other for everything. And if you accept one over the other and don't say, stop it, I know you and I know you. I know you are always whining and saying that your brother is doing this and you are playing it up, and I know you, the brother, and I know you are always needling your sister. So stop it, both of you. If you don't do that, you're going to start to build resentment in one side or the other. You have to treat them both the same, and I don't care who started it. Who is going to stop it? So let me play the entire Jim Acosta uh, uh, piece here, because everybody's playing selected pieces, and in, including Alex Jones, who is now speeding it up to make it look worse than it even was. Here we go. Here's the beginning of uh, the president's uh, press conference yesterday where he's calling on Jim Acosta from CNN.
4: Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I wanted to challenge you on, on one of the statements that you made in the tail end of the Stop. campaign.
1: <laughs> I want to challenge you i don't have a question sir i want to challenge you on one of the things you said on the campaign as far as i'm concerned the journalist's job is to possibly challenge you know i want to p- push you a little bit and challenge you on something you said let me see if i can go further with this i understand that but that's not what's coming uh if you want to be an advocate then get out of the press corps if you want to ask questions, then that is the perfect place for you. Next. Uh, in, in the midterms. Here, here we go. That stop. No. This is Donald Trump pushing back. Oh, geez. Here we go. Uh, and because he knows what's coming, is it necessary? No, it's not. Go ahead. Oh, uh, if Let's you stop. don't mind, Let's Mr. Stop. President, come on. that this caravan. Stop. This is where the president said, come on, come on. And come on, hurry up. Uh, because the president is... Tired of Jim Acosta. Now, Jim Acosta is also tired of the president. I don't care about either of it. Go ahead.
4: It was an invasion. As you well, know, I, Ms. I president, consider it to be an As invasion. you know, Mr. President, the caravan was
1: Stop. not an invasion. Stop. Go that? back just a little bit. You mm-hmm. notice he said, uh, you know, I want to challenge you on the fact that it was an invasion. The president said, I don't, I believe it is an evasion invasion. invasion. No, sir, it's not an invasion. Excuse me. That is an advocacy role. That is not the role of a journalist. You uh, well, let me play the next line from the president, which is still completely accurate, under control, and his prerogative. Go ahead. That
4: this caravan was an invasion. As you know, I, Mr. I president, you know, president, the caravan was not an invasion. It's a it's a, a group of migrants moving up from Central America towards the border with the US. Thank you for telling. And me that uh, I, why why did you why great. did you characterize
0: it as such? Uh, because and, I consider it an invasion. You and I have a difference of opinion.
1: But stop. Because I consider it an invasion. You and I have a different opinion. This is the crux of the problem. No one can have a different opinion. Then whomever is speaking. If you are on the left, I'm sorry. I don't accept your opinion. I don't accept what you're saying because it differs than my it's different than mine. Same thing the other direction. Here's Jim Acosta saying, no, sir, that's not what it means. Yes, that could very likely be what it means. An invasion, could you please look the word up? An invasion usually conjures up the image of an armed insurgency crossing a border, but there's also home invasions. What is a home invasion? Does that mean tanks? Does that mean guns? Or does that mean somebody coming in who is not welcome? Go ahead. And I would say you're right. I think it conjures up a
2: mass, pe- you know, weapons and yes. things like that when you first think of it. However, there are several, I think, definitions here and, and certainly at least one of them, I think, fits. Here's um, the first definition of an invasion, an instance of invading a country or region with armed force. That's the one. They're not, we don't think that they're armed. Uh, there's no evidence that they are armed. But is that, that is the one.
1: only definition that the press on the left is willing to accept. That's the only definition. Tell me about this one. You tell me this doesn't fit. An incursion
2: by a large number of people or things into a place or sphere of activity. There you go. That is a completely accurate uh, description of what they're doing. Exactly. Right? Here's another one. An unwelcome intrusion into another's domain. Exactly. Exactly. So we have two definitions against one of the same word. I think you can make the argument that it's not the most productive way to talk about
1: it. Agree. If you want. Agree. But I mean, the bottom line is it's not inaccurate. Agree. And you can absolutely use that word. Now, I don't have a problem with using that word because I'm defining it as definition two and three. That's the way I see it. However, others can see it this, this other way. And so if you want to make progress, I guess you could watch your language and not use it. However, I'm sick and tired of the left telling me what language I can and cannot use. When did you become the dictionary police? Who puts you in charge of our language? I'm sick of it. I'm sick of you telling me what a mob is and what a mob isn't. I'm sick of you telling me of what a man is and what a man isn't. I'm sick of you of telling me uh, what an invasion is and what it isn't. Now, we can have a conversation and you can say to me, Glenn, I disagree with you on the invasion. And we can have a reasonable conversation and I can say, well, we have a difference of opinion. Why do you say that? Well, because these are migrants. Okay, good. Let's continue our conversation. These are really not migrants. How did this start? I know now the press is saying that it was global warming, but that's complete and total. Oh, I wish I wasn't on the airwaves to use the proper term for this. But that is not true. This is a political event that has everything to do with the politics in Honduras. All right, let's move on. I
4: think that you demonized immigrants... In not this at all. election. No, not to at all. try, I to want keep them.
0: I want them to come into the country, analysis. but they have to come in legally. You know, they have to come in Jim, through a process. I want it to be a process, and I want people to come in, and we need right. the people. You your campaign, your campaign. Stop stop.
1: stop, stop. Is that unreasonable? How is that unreasonable? you're demonizing it no i want people to come in we need people we need we need jobs now he's saying because companies are coming in and we're going to need more jobs that's not entirely true but i'll take it maybe he knows something i don't know um but it is legitimate we want people to have a process what in life that is important does not have a process You open a store. Do you have a checkout line? Do you have a cash register? Or you just say, grab what you want on the shelf and throw the money in the air. Or put it on that shelf. Or come to that cash register. Everything has a process. You're advocating for chaos. But there's so much more. We haven't even started yet. Parenting classes. This is Parenting 101. We'll continue in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Talking about Jim Acosta, and uh, we're taking uh, Glenn Beck's Parenting Class 101. Uh, because let's just say that I have experience in things like this. Let's just uh, imagine for a second that I have two younger children. Uh, let's Make makeup names. One is... Um, Rafe and one is Cheyenne and uh, Cheyenne is constantly needling uh, Rafe constantly and does everything she can just to get under his skin, knowing that he has a temper and he's going to lash out. Rafe, knowing that he is far from a saint on this, he also needles his sister I break this up all the time. I don't care. I don't care who started it. You both are at fault. Get along with each other. Okay. Now, let's look at Jim Acosta and Donald Trump. I don't know what that story of Rafe and Cheyenne have to do with these two. We're hearing now one one of them, let's say the Rafe, Donald Trump, who has a temper and who is not an angel by any stretch of the imagination and has his own issues He's talking to Jim Acosta. Let's say he's she. He's Cheyenne, who is constantly needling just to get under his skin. The Rafe character, Donald Trump, is answering the Cheyenne character, uh, Jim Acosta, and is trying just to okay, all right, yes, I know, I know, and I know, I got it, I got it, I got it, and trying to answer properly, trying to answer nicely. But Jim Acosta just wants to be an advocate, not a journalist. So let's pick it up where he started to say, you accused everybody of, uh, you know, you're a racist because you were just throwing these poor migrant workers under the bus with a video. Here it is. I want
0: them. I want them to come into the country, but they have to come in legally. You know, they have to come in, Jim, through a process. Process. I want it to be a process. And I want Jim, did you get a job without the process? Wait, wait. You know why we need the people, do Because we have hundreds of companies moving in. We need the people.
4: Right. Your campaign had an ad showing migrants climbing over walls and well, so on. that's true. It, it, but they it, weren't it, actors. They're not going to be doing they that. They weren't
1: actors. Stop just a second. Now, now, Jim, how is it, I mean, other than you're an activist, um, how is it that they're not going to be doing that? Because it wasn't just a video of migrants. It was a video of these, quote unquote, migrants doing that to get into Guatemala and Mexico. So what evidence do you have that they will not be doing this to America? This is not just some, you know, random tape. This is this, quote, migrant caravan. Go ahead.
0: Well, no, it's true. Do you think they were actors? They weren't actors. They didn't come from Hollywood. These were these were people. This was an actual.
1: So he's got to come up with something new
0: happened a few days ago. And uh, they're hundreds of miles away. Ah, They're hundreds
1: and hundreds of miles away. Stop just a second. They're hundreds and hundreds of miles away. Just like, I guess, Jim, we could say the pipe bomber was hundreds and hundreds of miles away from you. The Soviet Union was thousands and thousands of miles away. You know, there is such a thing as spotting trouble before it is on your doorstep. The Nazis were hundreds and thousands of miles away. They were on the other side of the earth. We ignored them. Not probably the best idea, because when you do, you're out of options. Now listen to the rest. It's I not think an invasion, should, honestly. Uh, it's I not an invasion. Let
0: me run the country. You run CNN. Right. And if you did okay. it well, your ratings would well, be much better. I, a-
1: now, he says, he's about to say, what is what is the first thing you say if you want to have two questions with the president? When you stand up, what is the first thing you say? Mr. President, I have two questions. Mr. President, I have two questions. Mr. President, I have a question and, and a, a follow-up. Up, okay? Always. He didn't say that. You get one question. There are hundreds of people in the room. Jim wants another question. Go ahead.
4: That's one question, Mr. President, if I may, if I may hey, ask Peter, one other question, are you worried? Of, That's enough. That's I mean, enough. Mr. President, I, That's well, enough. I was ask one of the, the other folks. That's had, enough. Pardon me, ma'am. Mr. I'm, I'm, President. Me. That's enough. Mr. President, I had one other Peter, question, if I may ask on, on the Russian investigation.
1: Now, this is when the White House made its mistake later with Sarah Sanders, they are trying to say that Jim Acosta uh, accosted this woman no he didn't no he didn't period there was no there was no violence they didn't accost. was he rude to her? Yes because all he cares about is grandstanding that's all he cares about yes. let me ask you what happens you know people in the press say all the time now, oh you know he's got a right no he doesn't no he doesn't He was called on. The president asked and answered his questions. He called on him. So now he wants to grandstand. Now he's not going to surrender the microphone. Let me ask you, what happens when you are at a lecture series and they take questions from the audience and somebody won't sit down? Eventually, the crowd says, shut up and sit down. But not here because the crowd is against the The Rafe character, they're all in bed with Cheyenne. They want to prove how violent Rafe is. So what happens? The president says, enough, enough, enough. His temper is getting the best of him. He walks away from the microphone so he doesn't say anything stupid. He walks away from the microphone, hoping that someone will say, come on, Jim, knock it off. We all have questions here, but nobody does. He sends in the person to take the microphone to be able to pass it to the next journalist. Jim Acosta won't do it. When you're at a comedy club, do you want some decorum? You're at a lecture, comedy club, press conference, college classes, and they say, mic check, mic check, mic check, mic check, and everybody starts chanting something. Uh, You don't have a civilization anymore. If you don't have some sort of decorum, if you don't have some sort of rule, then you have anarchy. Maybe that's why CNN doesn't have a problem with Antifa, because they are creating anarchy everywhere they go. Now, I am not saying that Donald Trump isn't an, an, a, a, a spoiled little brat at times. But I'll deal with him later. We're talking about you. I'd like CNN to know, and and Jim Acosta, I would just like to know, do you have a process or can anybody just get on the air? Because if this is the way it is, uh, I'm going to just stand by your live broadcast. And don't you dare stop me. Don't you dare try to push me out of the way. I'm going to have airtime. This isn't the way a civil society works. White House. No one was hurt. There was no assault. Period. Did the president go on and did he lose his temper? Yes. But I was shocked that he held it this long. CNN is the real villain here. CNN. Not Jim Acosta. That's what he does. Not uh, Donald Trump. That's what he does. The real uh, uh, the real problem here is CNN. You should have fired him or disciplined him. Don't behave this way, because I don't know about you, but I can't find a good guy or a bad guy in yesterday's press conference. I I think the advantage goes to the president because the president tried to be civil at what point? What, do you, what options does he have left? Is he just going to let Jim Acosta take the press conference and hijack it every time Jim Acosta wants to hijack it? No, CNN, no. CNN is the one at fault. They should fire him, or they should have at least suspended him and say we do not treat any president. And let me ask you this, press corps. You're whining about freedom of speech. Are you really? Would you have accepted anyone, anyone from standing up and saying these kinds of things to President Obama's press conference or President Obama himself? Anyone? If he would have said enough, 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 sit down. Mr. President, you are lying. You are lying about $2,500 coming back to every family. You are lying, sir. No, we just have a difference opinion. No, sir, that is not a difference of opinion. You are lying. Are you telling me you would have accepted a Fox reporter in the press pool saying that to the president of the United States and you would have said, oh, no, you've got to you've got to stand up. We all have to stand up behind that Fox reporter. You wouldn't have done it. You know you wouldn't have done it. Shame on you, CNN.
2: Shame on you. Oh, we remember what happened when someone who was not restrained by journalistic rules, uh, a, just another congressman, said, you lie. Do you remember the reaction from the media? All they did was say, you lie. And by the way, that claim wound up being in part of Hillary Clinton's platform when she was running for president. The claim that that uh, that Barack Obama supposedly was uh, what he was lying about there. But I mean, remember that reaction? It was a story for weeks. It was a story about how racist this congressman was. Uh, I mean, look, I don't. I'm with you, and I, and I don't think either either one of them handles it well. The, I don't know why I, the, the I, president I, elevates Jim Acosta. All it does is help his ego. When you, when you ban him, he's just going to turn into a martyr. I don't think any of this is worthwhile.
1: President uh, wins this one, though. I think. Yeah, I think I he, want, he actually was he, 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 I thought he, he was restrained he for who he was. Here's here's yeah. the only part that I didn't like is when he said uh he said uh, you're a you're a rude uh you're a rude little man or something like that. He said you're ru- uh, rude, rude and, and terrible person. A
2: terrible person. And, and
1: I I to agree with him. Yeah, it's a good analysis of Pasta. Yeah, yeah. I happen to agree with him. Mm-hmm. However, that's that started to border in and here's where he went wrong. You shouldn't treat people like that. Well, Mr. Yeah, President, don't, your don't, mm-hmm. don't go there because you don't have a good record of that yourself. Well, let's not forget,
2: it, it, Trump doesn't have to call on him. He doesn't. No. He did. He extended the courtesy because he's a well-known guy. Go ahead. He start badgering though. me. He, he shouldn't. shouldn't probably. He, I would he much rather have that be the outcome he was, than He was suspending like four his... questions in. He already asked three, either yeah. three or four questions when he still wanted another one. And then they finally tried to take the microphone from him.
1: Uh, but you, you're, you're what are you going to do? One. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? This is honestly somebody standing up in a comedy club and trying to sh- uh, yeah. hi- uh, hijack the show. Yeah. That's not what we're here for. We're not here for you, Jim Acosta. We're we are here for President Trump. That's what we're here for. He is the star of this show. You've asked your questions. Sit down. Mm-hmm. When, when what what did the president? What option did the president have? Well, he could have not called on him, right? Yes, and probably the smartest thing to do. Mm-hmm. However, CNN him. would have said, Oh, mm-hmm. they're not calling on us. They're not calling on us. There's, you know, I, I that, mean, and that's fine with me. But, okay, so there's that option, probably the best option. Once he called on him, what is the president supposed to do? I mean, he. he Cut it, the mic. What happens all the time with Sarah Huckabee Sanders,
2: right? She deals with this every single day, and she just. She talks over them, and she points to another reporter, and then she comes back, he and they did keep all talking, that. and you can just that. keep doing it. Yeah. And by the way, he didn't do. There's nothing in that interaction. Yeah, he he was insulting to him, but that's what who Donald Trump is. It's something we've all priced into who he is, and I think we've all priced in that Jim Acosta is a ridiculous grandstander. He's not a reporter. He's he out there trying to make a name for himself. Autographs. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He takes pictures of himself in the mirror every oh, other he's, day. He's, he's, he's ridiculous. He's not a reporter at all. There's
1: plenty of people in that press corps, and we we. Obviously, Jake Tapper would never behave this way
2: Now I, the, all the def- all the reporters have each other's backs which is also yes. bad by the mm-hmm. way just yes. like you complain mm-hmm. about when the president uh, you know and all the president's supporters support him no matter what you should also be critical occasionally of reporters when they do something wrong but I mean again there are we are critical of a lot of the reporters that that uh, cover the White House and and, and do you know the pe- people who cover everything. There are, everybody else seems to be able to handle this interaction. Every other reporter seems to be able to ask their questions and not try to puff their chest up and make themselves into the most important person in America.
1: Only Jim Acosta has this issue. CNN likes it because it's ratings, period. Hmm. And by the way, CNN uh, didn't really have anything to say about the reporter that called him a racist pig on the air. I mean you know they they it's ridiculous cnn so is just a joke
2: but let me take your temperature on this though do you do you do you sus- suspend his pass do you go and say you can no longer come into the white house that's what they did to acosta <sighs> after this transaction to me i kind feel okay like with it. I I i'm don't. kind of okay with it i'm okay like with it but i wouldn't i don't do care it. Yeah, I, I don't care. I don't care I about don't his care. right to go. Because I mean, yeah, honestly, it's not. Uh, you, take, guy, give me another reporter, CNN, if you want another reporter. I can understand why CNN would be like, look, we choose our reporters. Uh, uh, you don't get to tell us who our reporters are. Okay, well then you can't come in. I mean, maybe. I, I, to me, I just think you're puffing up his ego. Yeah, I feel I, like I, you're doing yeah, him a service. Sure. You're elevating him to the same Correct. level as a freaking president in the United Correct. States.
1: It, here's here's the thing. Here's what they. Sh- here's what he should have done. He should have uh, just said, uh, CNN. i'm not going to take away his uh, credentials he's more than welcome i'm not calling on him i'm not calling on him until until you tell me he is going to abide he doesn't have to agree with me but he has to abide by simple standards of decorum if he'll do that he can come in but you send whoever you want i don't have to i don't have to pick them Pat, I'm sorry we didn't get a really chance to talk to you today, but uh, Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed. I did say yes. I said, I said, I think I said the word. Yes, Uh, you did. Really? Really? Yeah, I think I did. So it was fine. So it was good. Worked out really well. That's probably the most profound thing I've said all week. That's (laughs) great. Unleashed. Uh, Okay. On the blaze radio network and the podcast. All right. Let me tell you about simply safe. Simply safe is a great way to protect your home. Pat actually uh, protects his uh, protects his home. Uh, My daughter has simply safe in, in her house. Simply safe is a way to protect your house or your business, your family. They do it right right and there are no contracts so there are no strings attached you own the system and when you see how affordable this system is and you know what you've been paying every month it's gonna i mean it's it's an it's gonna make you not so happy for a while but then you'll own the system and you only pay fourteen dollars and ninety-nine cents a month if you want the service there's no contract on that either simply dot go there now simply dot Glenn Beck. Imagine yourself a week from now driving around in a brand new Mercedes. Um, That could happen if you uh, buy a raffle ticket uh for mercury1 this is our charity this uh, this raffle helps us pay for all, the, all you know all the expenses so everything we raise for emergencies goes to that emergency get a raffle a raffle ticket for a brand new mercedes now at mercury1.org/m1ball mercuryone.org slash m one ball mercury The great, the wonderful Beyonce wants you to know that she can be whatever she wants, whenever she wants. Sure, she's a musician. And if you count 22 Grammys and 63 Grammy nominations, it's fair to say that she is considered pretty darn good. Although, who's to say how much she actually writes or performs? Besides singing, And occasionally rapping. But Beyonce wants you to know she's more than just a mega singing, dancing superstar. Beyonce can also be an academic. That's right. No PhD or prior research needed. If she wants to be an academic, voila, she is done. A few years ago, around the time that she appeared on an award show in Gilded Lingerie, In front of a sign that said feminist, Beyoncé wrote an academic paper titled Gender Equality is a Myth. And yes, she used an exclamation point after the word myth. It must be science and it must be important. Now, know that Beyoncé happens to be one of the most privileged people on the face of the earth. But she never has to check that privilege at the door. Which brings me to our point. One of the many roles that Beyoncé has awarded herself is political activist. And she's one of the best. She prances around the world spouting off what some lower citizens might say is nonsense. Because she's a professor of political science. How do I know? she wants to be so she is she might even say that she's a longtime politician with all kinds of experience and if she says it she is believe me her opinions matter more than yours see that's what you really need to understand america you need to understand these people are better than you they're smarter than you now This, I suppose, little misunderstanding with you, the little people in the country, is why she has now been named the most divisive celebrity in the country. You know, to this American broadcaster, she's not divisive. You know why? Because I don't know a damn thing she says. You know why? Because I i don't give a flying crap about beyonce i don't listen to her music i don't listen to her rap i don't watch the grammy awards if she's on something i don't avoid it but she's generally not on any program that i would be interested in i don't follow her on twitter i don't follow her in tweets I don't follow anyone that generally would be all wrapped up in what Beyoncé says. So my life is Beyoncé free. And for that, I fall to my knees and thank God. But actors and musicians have always, always done this weird thing where they interpret their fame to be a malleable, godlike expertise. Because... Well, of course, I'm not a race car driver, but I've played a race car driver. Of course, I'm not a president in the nuclear bunker, but I've played one. People in their minds worship them for their abilities as an actor or musician. They assume that they possess unlimited knowledge and that their opinions matter more than, oh, I don't know, someone with actual knowledge. We're all quite familiar with this Beyoncé act. Leading up to the midterms, Comedy Central poked fun at this. All Americans are asking themselves
0: the same
4: questions.
1: Should I vote? How will I know that I should vote? If celebrities don't tell me to. Does
4: Emma Stone think I should vote? What
3: about John Krasinski?
4: Have you guys seen A Quiet Place? Yes, but that isn't what this
1: is about right now. It's about celebrities.
3: Telling regular Americans that they have to vote.
1: Many normal Americans like us don't know what we should do until celebrities tell us what to do. That's right. And as a quasi-celebrity myself, I can tell you that that joke is funny, and you should follow the advice of quasi-celebrities. The justice now is that people have come to see through the cloud of smugness coming from celebrities, and yes, even the quasi-celebrities. This week's elections proved people no longer are swayed by celebrity endorsements. Sure, Taylor Swift can sing a sweet love song. And all of her fawning over Democratic Governor Phil What's-His-Face just wasn't enough to win him the spot. But maybe she'll write another sad song. The same thing happened with candidates endorsed by Dave Chappelle, who is really funny. But I don't need to have Dave Chappelle tell me what to do. Oprah Winfrey, who everyone says, you've got to run Oprah Winfrey because she's the ultimate goddess celebrity. Everybody loves Oprah, except she couldn't get the job done. Will Farrow, most famous probably for dressing as an elf, tried to get everybody to you know vote his way didn't work rihanna puff daddy and scores of other hollywood elite who championed beto didn't work out little odd that so many hollywood actors were fawning over a candidate in a texas election but they were conservative strategist chris barron told fox news quote Last night, the American voters once again told Hollywood that they simply do not care what they think. All across the country, Hollywood darlings were rejected by the voters. Hollywood, can you hear us? Act and shut up. Your opinion is no more valuable than anyone else's. We all have armpits, just like we all have opinions. Most of us have two armpits. But I don't think anybody wants to smell mine, even one of them. And I certainly don't want to smell yours. Keep your armpits and your opinions to yourself, unless you're a quasi celebrity that makes his money. And it is his primary job to spout political opinions. You see, it seems Strangely, because my opinion really is not worth any more than anyone else's. People come here to hear that opinion. I know it's weird and strange, but it makes me feel hmm, just a little superior to the Hollywood celebrity. And for that, too, I fall to my knees And thank God
3: It's Thursday November 8th This <laughs> is the Glenbeck Program
1: And I mean every word of that Every word Oh, the Hollywood celebrities How is Melissa Alano doing? Is she, I
2: don't know about her sister she, Melissa But Alyssa Milano Alyssa, is a pretty good
1: Melissa, Alyssa, I love them both they were, in I that, they were the twins in- that played
2: in Full House, were they not? No, definitely not. Oh, I love them. She was in Who's the Boss. I was completely in love with her when she was on Who's the Boss Yes, uh, as a kid. and uh, she-, she might
1: have had her way romantically with me when she was in... Well, not for you I don't think it
2: would be very appropriate. For me, I feel like it was probably okay at the time. Um although she turned into she very very pretty and uh and and very well uh very well appreciated by the male uh uh species. Oh my I would gosh. say. Um however, uh There he
1: goes, objectifying women again.
5: Go ahead.
2: I would say her uh her understanding yes. of, uh, of political issues occasionally leaves something to be desired. No, no. Um, yes. I won't hear of it. Yes. Not uh, a Hollywood actress. Because when I was like eight, I would have thought it would have been the greatest thing in the world that I could have spent the rest of my life with Alyssa Milano. I right. would not have made it to this age if I had to spend the rest. I would have I would have either disappeared or terrible things would have been... It might have <laughs> been... The- I would not have it been able to deal with the it. might have
1: been the garage scene. <laughs> it may have been. It may have been.
2: Uh, so, Alyssa Milano uh, has been a big Me Too uh, booster. Yeah. Um, and uh, she has been part of the Women's March as well. And if you remember, the Women's March is this organization, fabulous organization oh, yeah, that Elizabeth. took all the time to decipher the the positives and negatives of Donald Trump's pregnancy. That they launched a giant rally, planned it all before he became president, and then had the rally the day of or after his n- inauguration. I
1: can't remember. Uh, I think it was the day. Well, I, I'm not sure. I think it was the day after yeah. but it may have been the day of because that that shows that they were really yeah. really, really deciphering no, they how gave him a
2: positive his no friend. they gave him a look chance. he had that b- bad first hour that's right. he shouldn't that's, have done that right. that's don's fault yeah um, but an interesting part of this one of the criticisms she's had from mm-hmm. us and many others mm-hmm. um, is she is dealing with the women's march crew and the women's march crew is led by two people um, who overtly mm-hmm. uh, have mm-hmm. have ha- hung out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and said uh, words of praise mm. f- to Louis Farrakhan oh. and about Louis Farrakhan. That's, um, that's, that's a problem not... to me because yeah. you can't say that you're pro-woman or that you're, uh, you can't criticize someone else for being an anti-Semite when you're hanging with people who, who like Louis Farrakhan because there's probably no single higher profile anti-Semite in America than Louis Farrakhan. That includes the person you never heard about in Charlottesville until the, they were on the news. It includes
1: every horrible uh, talk show host. That wait you a think, minute. Wait a minute. Have we already deported that ex uh, Auschwitz guard? Have we deported I him? Is he still know. in the country? I don't know. Okay, it's if we point. have, if because he was a guard of the gas chamber. If we haven't deported him,
2: you think Farrakhan might be number two?
1: Farrakhan may
2: be number two. Well, I don't know that we could say Farrakhan is the. It has the most ardent anti Semitic views. Yeah. However, he is the best known and most influential anti Semite in America. Yes. I don't think there's any question about that. No. I mean Richard Spencer is not even remotely close no. to the sort of impact. No. Richard Spencer got like fifty people to Charlottesville. We had a remember the million man march? Now, again, maybe there was only 300,000, but still, it was a a lot of people. The guy has incredible influence and can still, to this day, pull giant crowds, Mm -hmm. a lot bigger than most of the politicians you Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. So, Louis Farrakhan, one of the worst uh, anti-Semites in America, and he...
1: uh, What does Alyssa Milano think about it? Well, Melissa, again, I'm not sure, but Alyssa... I said Alyssa. I know her, not her sister, Melissa. Well, I don't know what Melissa
2: thinks, I will say, but Alyssa... You know, which is the said, name of the celebrity, Alyssa Milano. That's what I said. Thank you. Um, she she has been criticized over this. Why are you associating with the Women's March people? Amen. She is now saying, and, and I would say a relatively surprising moment. She is now disavowing uh, the the uh, Women's March leaders. Until that time, where, where Tamika Mallory and Linda Sarsour actually step
1: up and disavow uh i Louis think that's Farrakhan. fantastic now did melissa alano have I don't, any don't any influence know. on her sister and this decision
2: why does she have a different last name does she marry someone named alano instead of milano yeah, milanos are cookies I, I i that's true i don't know what that so has they're to do not with actresses
1: this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> look i think your interest in her name is a the appropriate amount of interest we should have in what she yes, does. Yes, I mean, we've but just spent say, eight minutes on this story. I will yeah, say, though, yes. I mean, the fact that she's all actually right. doing something and stand, stepping up and saying, hey, right. I at least have a line. Now, yeah. the line is all the way over to Louis Farrakhan. I'm not going to go that far. And I, at least there's a line for a celebrity when it comes to just selling yourself out for political points. I, I We
1: could at least celebrate that. I mean... Have we heard from Tony Danson? What, what, Danson, what is his... What is his stance on on all things political today? Do we know? I would be much more interested in Tony. <laughs> T- I bet he probably is interesting on politics. To be honest,
2: he's had some time now to think about, right? You know these things. Maybe he would be interesting. I don't know. Alyssa has had some issues, and the fact that she maybe figuring out that Louis Farrakhan not a good person, Linda Sarsour, not a good person, Tamika Mallory maybe not so great. The fact that she's figuring those things out, I think, is a positive.
1: And Melissa it. is still <laughs> quiet on the issue. That's true. She Alyssa that. Alano and and Melissa Milano both silent. So we will we'll cover that if it breaks. Follow if that some story, and and I am thrilled. Could I just could I just play just real quick before we take a break the the montage of the uh, the Democrats uh, and their their blue wave. I think this is Democrats are banking on a blue wave. Uh. Democrats. Hoping to ride a blue wave. And I think we're going to see a real blue wave. Yeah, I feel very good. There's an enormous tsunami-like
0: blue wave coming. There was a huge blue wave.
1: Can the president save his party and knock down that blue wave?
0: (laughs) There was some hope that the Democrats would have a wave election. It's not going to be a wave election. Where
1: is the blue wave tonight?
0: This is not
1: a blue wave.
5: I don't think we're seeing some massive blue wave. Democrats did
2: hope for a big blue wave. That is not happening.
1: In these statewide races, no
5: signature win for Democrats. Democrats are not winning in the way they were hoping to win early in the night. It's a red wave
0: on the Senate side, at least.
1: It's really, it's really sad. Uh, and uh, eventually, uh, Jack in this particular blue wave story uh, uh, played. Uh, Played by the democratic socialists uh is uh kicked off the bed the bedboard uh because there's no room and quietly freezes to death i think <laughs> with nancy pelosi on the bedboard saying goodbye jack goodbye well this is what they did essentially to
2: uh the, all the kavanaugh accusers the second they the second oh, yeah. the, the election was over and kavanaugh was in ah, they will never worry Bye-bye. about that one again we don't really we, See, we don't, don't care you.
1: about you. ford ford who What are you talking about, Henry Ford? I've never heard of a Ford. What are you talking about? I drive a Ford. I've never talked to a Ford. She was, what? Saying something about, I don't know anything about her. I hate her. Well, it's good to see that they are at least consistent. Let me talk to you a little bit about Goldline. Democrats uh, are going to elect Nancy Pelosi as Speaker of the House, making her the most powerful House leader, as well as third in line for presidential uh, secession, which... I think that's what we're all hoping, really. I mean, you know, maybe smallpox breaks out and Nancy Pelosi can can lead us into the next great uh, epic of American life. Democrats have been granted one of the most powerful weapons available, the power of congressional subpoena. And here's what's really going to happen. They are just going to start subpoenaing the president on everything. Um, They are already going after, you know, Maxine Waters, Maxine Waters is a committee chairman and she is now starting already she said yesterday she is going to start subpoenaing the records for deutsche bank and all the other banking records and they are going to pour over everything with donald trump this guy is just going to be under siege so what does that mean well nothing good really truly nothing good Um, May I suggest that you visit Goldline now, read the report that they have just generated. Um, I've been sharing it with my friends and I urge you to get it. It's free. You don't have to buy any gold or anything. Just just get this report because it outlines what most likely is coming our way and what it will mean for the economy, what it means for the dollar and what it means to you if you have any uh, job you count on one or maybe you like to spend dollars goldline go there now and get this free report they're waiting for you at 866 goldline 1866 goldline call them now 866 goldline or goldline.com okay uh i just found out some very important news um Michael Buble is on tour and he's coming to Dallas on the 25th of March. And there's nothing. I don't think there's anything more important than that, honestly. That'll be a great show. He is a great performer. He is great. Mm -hmm. He is. um, He is. He is. He's the best performer I've ever seen. And he's the only celebrity that I completely geek out over. That is true. It's uncomfortable too because you've actually talked to him, had him on the show several times. Yeah, and you know what? I, there, every time I do something really like we was on the CNN show, spent an hour with him on the CNN show, and completely geeked out. And he was like, "Come on, sing with me!" And I was like, "No, no, 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 no! no I'm not gonna sing with you. I, I'm, I'll, you know, I'll ham that up every time. Not with him, uh, uh-uh. uh, because I'm such a geek around him. He was on the TV show on Fox. And he he basically said off air, "I'm getting married," but I didn't want to put him in an uncomfortable situation because I'm such a geek. Right. I didn't ask him that on the air, and I've never done that. Never done that. Right? You're usually you know very revealed, uncomfortable, people. terrible yeah. inside secrets.
2: You're not supposed correct. To. That's your typical pattern. It's correct. Why you have no friends? Correct. It's, oh, it's at least a good portion correct. of the reason you don't have friends. Correct. There's, a, there's a lot of other things too that would that would correct. That would be yeah. ingredients into that little recipe. But yes, correct. correct. It's not helpful when you do that. Correct. And you didn't do it to Michael Bublé. No. No. Is that real though? Because I mean, mm. I've seen you. I, I've seen you around him. I've seen you interview him. I mean, they seem pretty normal. I, I didn't see any weird interactions that you had with him.
4: <laughs>
1: There was one I've never shared with anybody. Not, I mean, I've. it's the most humiliating thing uh, <laughs> ever. And, and I know oh, we're out of time. No, oh, we're out of time. Glenn Back in a minute.
0: Back Mercury. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program.
1: Welcome to the program. Very glad you're here. Uh, we have to talk about uh, what happened in California yesterday. I, I don't want to go in depth in it because we don't know anything yet um uh, you know there's speculation we think we have a couple of details on the shooter um but the and i I shouldn't use the word shooter i'm a shooter um shooting is a sport this is a killer um and we don't have much on the killer yet he uh, we know that we think he's white right do we have that even locked down we know he's a white guy it happened in uh thousand oaks california which is is where the Kardashians live. It's it's where all the, you know, big celebrities live. Um, and it is a, it, I can't say rural area, um, but it is, you know, it has horse farms there. Uh, and it's supposedly the place where you go if you want to have a normal life. Nah, it's not normal. Uh, and don't know, we don't know anything about it other than... It was a horrible, horrible tragedy. We think the guy was a vet. And uh, before everybody jumps on guns and before everybody jumps on the VA, even we should know the story. But if he was a vet and he had PTSD, we should probably talk about that before we talk about guns. We're not taking care of our vets. You can't just wind someone up, teach them to kill, teach them to kill for a purpose. Give them meaning in their life and say you are good at this and then just send them home and go like, okay, well, you were great at that. And that had a lot of meaning. But uh, yeah, just go uh, go find yourself a job. How do you do that? These guys come home and they had real meaning. They were doing something important. They felt, at least they used to, I don't know if they do now, but they felt as if they were doing something good for humanity. They were actually changing the world for the better. They were freeing slaves. They were freeing captives of dictators. And then they come back and what? Can you imagine Your life is on the line every day. You're fighting for something big and you come back and you're arguing over a stupid tweet. And these guys are coming back to a a country they don't even recognize. Imagine being out uh, in a foreign country for the last four years. And coming back to this. Wow, what was that for? What was that for? So, we don't know anything about this, and I don't, I don't think we should talk about uh, much more of it until we do. Stu, you have anything yeah, you want to add? I,
2: mean, I don't think there's anything to add there. You, you, uh, you, you hit it. And we'll, when we have more details, we'll give them to you.
1: I saw this letter. I thought this was really good. So, letter to the editor in Virginia. It said, contrary to the promise I made myself in 2016 about not voting for the lesser of two evils, I'm voting for the Republican side of the Democrat Republican Party on November 6th. It's not because I trust the Republican side of the one party system, as he calls it, but rather because the Democratic side scares the hell out of me. No, I don't trust 90% of the Republican side of the party in office to protect our freedoms, but rather they may not erode them as fast as the socialist, fascist, democratic side. I have to tell you, this is exactly how I felt. I usually go in and when I vote, um, I never vote party line. Um, I look at everybody and if I don't know somebody, I'll usually throw it to the libertarian. Um, But in, in this case, I didn't. I ended up, with an exception of, I think, one person, uh, which I voted Libertarian, I think I voted straight Republican, which I don't, I've, I've never done. I've never done. And I just don't trust. I, I mean, I was like, I don't know. If I throw it to the Libertarian, they may, they may, block, uh, they may block the Republican for getting it, and I, we cannot afford to have Democratic Socialists in power that's interesting from you i mean it's someone who's obviously done a lot of thinking about i've never done that
2: that's That's everything i
1: stood against in 2016 i feel just like this guy yeah because we
2: i mean this goes back it's funny people uh sometimes will be like well you don't like trump or you don't like trump enough or whatever and then they'll say you're one of those people who loves bush jeb bush was actually the reason we did this on the air we went on the air and we said i am not voting for freaking jeb bush i'm not voting you, for another generic republican next time because at that time that's who everyone believed
1: was going to be the winner the only republican i didn't vote for what was his name uh george p george p bush mm. i was just like i can't i can't i, I can't do it I, can't, I cannot do it i can't do another <laughs> bush That was the only one I didn't vote for. Okay. The the letter (laughs) continues. The Republican side claims to be for lower taxes and a very few for reducing spending when campaigning, but hardly any mean it. For instance, the Republican side promised to repeal Obamacare. Instead, they tweaked it by getting rid of the individual mandate. They modestly reduced taxes, but they could have gone a lot further having the House, Senate, and presidency Mm -hmm. with tariffs on foreign imports. I think Glenn Beck says, oh, I didn't even know I was in this. I think Glenn Beck says they've counteracted the benefits of the tax cuts. The Republican side uh, promised to end uh, the funding of Planned Parenthood, the abortion mill to end family planning. But they have not. Again, I'm voting for the Republican side of the Democrat Republican Party on November 6th. Not because I trust them, but because the Democratic side of the party scares the hell out of me. (laughs) Ricky Parker. Incredibly common in the United States right now. And a nice th- audience. Right. I, I really think it is. I think the the Democrats uh, and, and I think. I think what we saw happening with the um, uh, the results show this, that in the Romney sections, you know, the people who voted for Romney in the Obama Romney thing. The, that's the suburbs. They did not want the die hard Donald Trump people. Okay. And in the, uh, in the rest of the country, they did not want the die hard Democratic Socialist. They don't want it. They want somebody who is just like, can we just please work together? And I don't want to work together with the, with the extremes of the party, I, I can't work with a Democratic Socialist. I'm sorry, if you say, you know what, I'd like us to consider, um, you know, abolishing the Senate, which is something they actually were saying. We should abolish the Senate. I don't know what to say to you other than no. No. Well, can we talk about it?
2: No. I mean, you need it constitutional amendment right i mean, you know, I mean not a-
1: you, you, no you I, I don't think you could even do that in the constitutional amendments like you could ban you could change the makeup of congress well i guess they did it yeah oh. they did it already the progressives changed the makeup of of the senate a so vote for voting for senators
2: that we right. refer to yeah.
1: and what they want is you know the small states to have fewer senators uh than the big states well that's called the house of representatives mm-hmm you have that that's why that was a compromise like, the, there was two sides to that argument and they just did both right and i think it's a great and system. they did it and yes it, they were smart. But smart they've dismantled it because the country should not have cared about beto in fact the country should not have cared about T- ted cruz either the the country should not care about the senate races because the reason why and the 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 uh, progressives changed this around the turn of the century um the the Senate was originally appointed by each state house. So they would pick two people from the state and they would say the, the state house would. They would say, You two go to Washington, and your job is make sure you protect the interests of our state. Obamacare would never have passed. Had these had the state houses picked our representatives, it wouldn't have passed because every state would have said, you're not shoving all that money on us. You're not putting all that burden on us. No way. We are not doing those things. Education would be totally different because they give you all the money, but they also make you do all these things. And they would have said, no way, we're not doing that. Progressives knew this, and so they changed it. Now they want to change it again. No, the people are represented in the House of Representatives. The Senate is supposed to represent each state, and it is important that it is balanced, that every state has an equal voice. Otherwise, New York, California, Texas, Ohio, Florida will control everything and forget about you know the west oh nevada are you even a state anymore no it won't matter it won't matter so I, I i you can't negotiate with people who want to wipe out the system but i think there is a real desire i i think the jim acosta thing yesterday was was an important moment the people who are honest would say look Jim, Jim Acosta, I I don't necessarily agree with throwing him out, but I don't condemn the president either for that. I don't think that's a freedom of speech thing. CNN, get another person. Uh, And I know the president, you know, I don't want the president picking who they're sending. But this guy is he's a showboater. He is he's not asking questions. Those were not questions yesterday.
2: He just wants to do a monologue in front of all the cameras.
1: Right. He wants, to, Jim Acosta. He wants to prove the president wrong. Well, his first question was insipid, just insipid. Uh, w- uh, you say these are invasions. Well, they're not invaders. Well, you and I have a disagreement on the definition of invasion. The dictionary supports both uh, definitions. And so we have a difference of opinion. Well, you're wrong. Well, who are you to say that? Yeah. You, you don't you don't get to control what everybody believes, Jim Acosta. Um, and so I think that while I think Donald Trump won that with the right, Jim Acosta won it with a diehard left. right, And that's what he wants is martyrdom. Correct. And you know what? The middle of the country. And I don't mean the squishy middle. I mean, just the people who may have really hard fought and hard won um uh viewpoints but they're tired of this this is like there was like it was like children it's like watching a a a, a nursery school
2: yeah and a lot of this too comes down to when you're talking about an election part of your role as you're going through and you're trying to get candidates to run for certain races is finding candidates that are good and can actually win those races you want to get the best candidate you can to win the race that you know that, and they didn't do that. Look, can we talk about Sanford? Yeah, that's what I was going to. I mean, Sanford, uh, Mark Sanford, who of course you remember was governor of South Carolina, had his issues there. Went away for a while, came back, and was a very conservative senator, or excuse me, uh, c- congressman, while he was in office. Um, and uh, but was occasionally and occasionally, occasionally critical, uh, critical of Trump, mainly from the perspective of either spending or um, you know the sort of uh, way he handled the office, right? Like the, the complaints that a lot of people have about his tweeting or his, you know, certain things he says. Right. But generally speaking, other than that, it was, you know, it was when Trump would sign a large spending bill, he wouldn't like that. But there right. was so, so loose, not, I mean, most of the time they voted this, you know, the same way. Um, and so, but it was a big target for the administration. They went after him really hard. They endorsed and, and slathered play, praise all over his primary challenger. The primary challenger won. Mark Sanford's going away, but the primary challenger isn't going to Washington because the primary challenger lost. So they did all, all this celebration about how oh we got this we got Mark Sanford out because he said some criticisms about Trump. Well now you have no seat because of that, and it's not just there. The same thing happened. I mean, arguably in Virginia with the Senate, where they went out and went you know pushed hard for. Uh, A candidate that had no chance of winning there, even though Republicans have come very close to winning statewide elections in Virginia over the past six years. Uh, And he it, it was so bad in Virginia that the second the polls closed, we called the race. That's how bad it was. And it was a complete uh, destruction. And the the Democrats Democrats did the same thing thing with the Democratic Socialists. Yeah, Gillum is a good example of this. They could have won that race. They didn't because they put a socialist
1: up there. Georgia, for governor, the same thing. And what do both sides have in common? Both sides have in common. At the extreme edges, shut up. Only my opinion counts. You either agree with me or you're out. Americans don't like that. Americans don't want that. They have a line. Look, if you're for anarchy, if you are uh, if you're antifa or you're you want to change the constitution, but you don't want to do it through constitutional means I'm sorry, I don't count your opinion. Other than that, we we have to have bigger tents. Bigger tents and listen to people. All right, sponsor this half hour blinds.com Blinds.com, the holidays are coming. Blinds.com right now knows you can do you don't need a complete home makeover. You can make your home look amazing in a really affordable way with brand new made-to-order custom blinds from blinds.com. I had shutters put in my home uh, I don't know, about a decade ago, and, and Stu had this done recently to his house. Stu, do they not? totally transform your house they do a lot more they do a lot of heavy lifting i mean blinds. it is like it's uh, a yeah. different house yeah. you walk into it it's a different house so it's it's really amazing um and right now with Stu, when he picked out uh shutters they said those are really expensive these are just as good you should take these instead you'll save a buttload of money and they were right that's the kind of people they are from measuring selecting your window treatments to installation the texas-based blinds team going to answer all of your questions by phone online you can even send them pictures to help uh, guide the recommendations and it's all free they're texans free shipping free online design consultation makes number one online retailer of custom window coverings blinds.com they're the best and now through november 13th get huge site-wide savings plus an additional five percent off everything if you use the promo code back but only until november 13th go now huge site-wide savings plus an additional five percent off at blinds.com promo code back blinds.com promo code back exclusions rules and restrictions do apply really exciting final hour uh of the uh, program we might even break into a dance number we're not sure yet but an exciting hour for you that you do not want to miss coming up next
3: Glenn Beck.
1: i have something really exciting to announce uh and i wanted to announce this a couple of weeks ago but uh Andrew just wouldn't get off his butt and actually yeah, sign anything. That's true. So uh, I'm really excited to announce that we are adding a new podcast, a new show to the Blaze lineup, and it is uh, Andrew Heaton. And you say to yourself, finally, a guy I've never heard of. <laughs> Um, that's what america wants that's that's what america i never heard of this guy is really really funny very intelligent uh very intelligent um uh does not play the political game at all Mm-mm. uh and is is a classic liberal if you will a, a libertarian yeah. uh and doesn't have a horse in the race and so he comes at things at a really refreshing uh place and we were just talking off the air. It is a pleasure. I've worked with him now for the last what three weeks here, yeah. and it's a pleasure to be around him because he is so grateful. He's, I mean, didn't you just move from New York? I I did. I moved well. I moved um, to from, from New York by way of Austin, so right. I was in Austin,
5: Texas, which is Austin's kind of like if Brooklyn had a kid in Texas, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I had like an intermediate state, but yeah. But I basically how came did you escape New York and <laughs> oh. have this attitude? I, you know, um, part of it was. I I knew and like I, I still some of my best friends live in New York uh, there's really good people in New York yeah. specifically 12 there are yeah. 12 <laughs> good people in New they York. They may be the same 12. Uh, yeah, yeah. Eight of them are my yeah. friends. Yeah, right. uh, I, you know, I'm I'm from Oklahoma originally, which is the Canada of Texas. So I never really, <laughs> I never really fit in in New right. York. Mm. And I, um, I, I mean, the, I think what what I finally figured out is there's actually a, a different etiquette model that's working there. Like in Oklahoma, you show respect by engaging people. You say mm-hmm. good morning. You say like you know hi, and, and you just you just make conversations it's fine. In New York, you give you show respect by giving people space. Yes. And it took me a couple of years to figure out that I was a very very rude person. Uh, it, by New York standards. And mm-hmm. I, I think the aha moment was I, I was, I was visiting Austin for a comedy festival and I was on the boardwalk and some teenagers saw me. I was on a bike. Some teenagers saw me and ran up and I started tensing and they just went, yeah, and high five me and ran away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went, that's Texas. It's <laughs> just a bunch of happy people <laughs> running around high fiving. And then I went back to New York that weekend and I saw, um, uh, people who are were neighbors cause they were, they were unloading their car near me. They were unloading camping equipment. And um the, the lady had on a fedora and I stopped and went, That is a really sharp hat and they both turned to me and their heads swiveled at this slow, slow degree and they went Yeah. And I went, okay, I don't belong here. <laughs> yeah. This is just weird. Like, I'm never going to fit it in. Is. You guys are always going to find me irritating. I'm always going to find you aloof. And like, so I wanted to move back to the
1: middle of the country. Yeah. So uh, we convinced him to move to Dallas mm-hmm. and uh, come do a, a podcast with him. And I I want to play. I, I heard a rehearsal podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope you don't mind. We've taken it and I've taken a couple of po- uh, parts of it. Uh, this is just a rehearsal podcast. It begins on Monday, but mm-hmm. uh, something's off with Andrew Heaton. Uh, That's a statement and the name of the podcast, (laughs) and uh, here it is. Listen. Hello,
5: and welcome to Something's Off with Andrew Heaton, proudly brought to you by Snuffy's off Route 44. Snuffy's is a great American diner where, as you know, all of the waiters take your order and deliver your food to you, from a horse. Yes, you'll be at one of the great, great places in the United States in terms of eating and in terms of low prices, and you and your family will have a joyous day having all of your food you served by horseback. If you've ever been in a Sonic and you've seen a high schooler on rollerblades delivering meals and you thought, that's very impressive, you will be angry at what a gullible yokel you were for being impressed by such a paltry feat of locomotive skills when compared to the grandeur and majesty of a waiter delivering your food to you on horseback through a diner. Snuffies off Route 44 because everything tastes better from a horse. A new iPhone's coming out, and uh, I, I put my head together with some friends for apps that we'd like to see in this next generation. Uh, one, I think this would be of tremendous benefit to the United States at large, a social hookup app that makes people uglier on the phone, so when you meet them in person, it's a relief. <laughs> I think that would help. That would be good for America. I've I've come up with this app before. It's called Rebound, which you can... Why is that not a thing? Like, like TM Rebound. That's my intellectual property now. You can't use that. But you can contact me if you've got a good idea. Uh, an app that can shoot a lightsaber out of your iPhone jack. That sounds cool. And then finally, I think this one would be super cool. Uh, I'm actually in development deals on this one. An app that reads NPR stories in the voice of Alex Jones. I oh. think that that would be a really interesting crossover. I would love that. While well, in Saskatchewan, a certain tribe is making wind chimes out of used <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know what they, you know, you could fill in the NPR story, but I think it would be really interesting to hear it in Alex Joe's angry, hoarse voice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> then you went in. Into- <laughs> Then you'd start talking those are about brilliant ideas. I yeah, forgot I came up with all those. Then you went into a uh, deal about uh, Russia, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and the, I think we, the Russian spy, the hot Russian spy, yeah, had just we, been just there, deported. There been,
5: I forget her name off the top of my head, but there was somebody that that had come in like a few years ago, and she she'd, she'd uh, been the head of like a gun organization, and she'd kind of been a yeah. honey, right? Okay, so
1: mm-hmm. so so everybody is talking about you know whether this is fake or whether this is real, and I stop in the hallway to listen t- to. To his test podcast and here's how here's how andrew heaton was dealing with it i would
5: like to thank russia for sending us hot lady spies i think that is a gesture of respect to our country and that makes me like them more i have lots of problems with the russian regime i don't like authoritarianism i think putin is a, a sociopathic psychopath uh and they you know they tried to interfere in our election and perhaps did so those are all issues that i'm concerned with however they are Taking the actual James Bond gentleman's agreement that we have with Russia, which is you send over your hot people, hot men and women, both, and you have them sleep with our people. And that's how that's how gentlemen conduct espionage. I'm not going to point any fingers at any other large nations that we're we're periodically in trouble with and or in a trade war with. But as I understand it, nations that we're currently in a trade war with are mostly just hacking us from a computer somewhere in China <laughs> <laughs> or from wherever, whatever <laughs> country I'm not talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no one's had, no one's getting sex out of that. Okay, we're right, not getting any stop.
1: hot people. So uh, <laughs> he's got a very different uh, yeah. look at things. and. I don't know about you, but I just want to laugh. They, they didn't even talk about that on NPR, the whole no. sex angle. That wasn't no. even there. No. Maybe if they uh, had it in Alex Jones's voice, they would That's true. Yeah, yeah. See? Yeah.
5: Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think, like, right now is so tense and it's so angry. Uh, and, like, I'm, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to have a podcast with you guys and to and – to, to, I, I, I want to have a, a place where people can hang out. And we'll, we'll be thoughtful, but we're, we're going to have fun. I don't want people to leave, like, needing statins. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I want people to leave feeling better. Uh, you uh, came. I mean, one of the things, the first thing I
2: think I saw you on was uh, your stuff for reason. Yeah, you did uh, oh, so mostly funny. weekly with Andrew. Heaton, Thank which you. I freaking loved. It was Thank so you very awesome. much. We
1: were we were the two that watched it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, oh, well, that that <laughs> yeah. means my mom wasn't we, watching it. Then. No, there were only two people lie. watching yeah. it. I will tell you that this is the first question I asked in <laughs> the in the job interview. Uh, were you going to take it there? No, oh. I was not going to. No. Oh, I was going to say because we watched it and we loved it, mm-hmm. and I said. T- I said to Andrew, "Were you in there?" Because yes. I said to him, "Okay, so I mean, maybe we're completely wrong about you because we cannot figure out why that wasn't a huge success. Because it was really oh, funny. I remember that. That was
5: baffling. Like, you were I do not 'I don't, I don't mean this offensively. I don't mean this weirdly, but.'" How are you not more successful? <laughs> and that was that was like the weirdest uh, like mind question. Like for days, I would just stare at the ceiling. Going, what happened to me? <laughs> I, I agree. I should be a big deal. <laughs> <You don't laughs> apparently, think so. Why am I not a big deal? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Mostly weekly was a lot of fun. I mean, the, I mean, the, the premise to that for uh, the you know, I mean, it, probably five percent of your viewers haven't watched it. Ninety-five percent probably <laughs> oh, go to sleep sure. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the premise to that was it was basically a craigslist version of john oliver from a libertarian perspective Mm -hmm. Uh, it was on reason which is kind of the flagship libertarian publication Um, and i just i wanted to i wanted to tackle um a lot of the issues that i didn't think were either getting represented or or were getting represented poorly like the the one that got the most views i think was on net neutrality Mm because i was the only humorist the only one that was like wait a minute so you guys hate donald trump who's the head (laughs) of the government and you want to give the government control of the internet (laughs) i just don't see the logic train there you know that he appoints the fcc like the guy you hate ajit pai trump appointed that guy Mm -hmm. so like i like that i I won't i won't go off my rant about net neutrality and i thought that one was going to do so poorly because it's so wonky but it became like it became this huge kind of psychological proxy battle Um, i think people are are actually hungry to think yeah, I really do. We're we're in a really interesting place right now where very bizarre. Uh, where attention span is like, come back. You know, you can we can like for with, some. Yeah, <laughs> but but it, like with podcasts and things, you can actually have like a, like a long conversation and yeah. not think in, in sound bites. And people amazing. are
1: saying, "Thank you." Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, thank you! I I can't believe there was an actual conversation that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like there's always a back and forth with that, right? I think there's that
2: idea that for years, I mean, Twitter is certainly a great example of it, but everyone you know going to you know. Pivoting to video on the web, and everyone had shorter and shorter and shorter articles, and and there's just no substance. And I think the podcast world gives you a chance to laugh a lot and 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 really go into depth on a topic. And I think it's it is a it's a pushback against this short attention span. I think it's must much wanted
5: opposite of Twitter. And I like Twitter. Twitter scares me. They might have released this, but um, I, I used I used to work in Congress. I was I worked for a couple of members of the House, and while I was there. The Library of Congress purchased all tweets in perpetuity. Yeah, uh, and I like my. I was an undergraduate as a history major, and I looked at that and thought uh, all of history comes from about three different sources. It comes from um, junk people left behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, from propaganda and from the letters of Benjamin Franklin. That accounts for all of history. <laughs> and, uh But the big ones junk. Like almost mm-hmm. everything we know is literally just broken pottery shards. And I, I looked at the Twitter feed and was like, in the 25th century, that's how we are going to be remembered is through the asinine junk we put on Twitter and Facebook. They're going to mm-hmm. go, in the 21st oh, century, people f- hated Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be, and they loathed pl- whatever political party they weren't, but they loved cats wearing costumes. Like that'll be our contribution to
1: the zeitgeist. <laughs> I will tell you that it is, it, we are going to be looked at by historians as morons. I Can I tell you, to get deep for a second, I'll tell you what
5: I, th- I think, how they're going to look back on us. I think we live in an, like an absolutely amazing time. Yes. I, I think that this is this is very much like the same thing as the invention of the printing press or the invention of the agricultural revolution. I think mm-hmm. this is a pivot point for the entire species. I agree. But I think at the same time, historians are going to look back and go, wow. wow They must have been so lonely. I think this is the loneliest period in all of human history. And I think that's why um, in politics right now, people are so thirsty to be a part of a political party because it gives them the sense of belonging. And and I think that's why tribalism is on the rise because everybody's so alienated. They're desperate for something to plug into. Why do you think – what do you mean lonely? I – so – uh, I think, for one thing, um, just from, from an evolutionary perspective, um, you know, we've been around about three hundred thousand years, and for most of that, we've been camping.
1: Six thousand. <laughs> 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 okay, go ahead. Uh, just, just saying it just to get the, right. just yeah. to get the yeah, argument yeah. started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. But, right.
5: Well, but even then, even then, let's go with six thousand, right? All right. Um for for most of those six thousand years, could be twelve. could be well, twelve you settle let's on six. let's do six'll okay. we'll, I'll, I'll lowball it <laughs> All right, uh, good. for six thousand years um, you're mostly living with uh your best friends you're you're yeah. living in a village you I mean, unless you're in the army, the bulk of human history never goes more than you know thirty miles from where they grew up, right. And so like I was talking to friends about this because I went to several uh, weddings this summer, that feeling you get when you're at a wedding and you're like, oh, my uncle, that's normal. That's the normal human state that when you you're surrounded by people and what we've done is, we went, or or, I could live in a box by myself. And then we added to that, I'm going to, I'm going to further remove myself from people. I'm not going to go to the elk's lodge. I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to go to the bowling league or the improv team. I'm just going to connect through Facebook. And and it doesn't it doesn't hit it. And I I think as a result. We've become so distant from one another, and that sense of community is broken
1: down. Well, there's, there's, mm-hmm. for instance, companies are very, very hard to run over. I think it's 120 yeah. people. Dunbar's number. It's, yeah, it yeah. just, it just starts to fall apart because it's completely different. Yeah, um, because there's a, something about culture mm-hmm. at about 120 people, um, and the the human experience. I think it's. I think we're supposed to we we are geared to have about 50 friends, 50 people in our lives that we kind of really know. And 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 we can handle that after I think I, I can't remember the number exactly, but it's a very low number, yeah. like 50. After that, it all starts to fall apart on us. We are not used to having all these relationships and being, you know, involved in this this gigantic conversation with people all over the world. We just don't, we're mm. not geared that way. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're, we're, yeah, there's there's a, a fascinating study by a guy
5: named Robert Dunbar, and he came up with Dunbar's number, which is, I think, the, the 120 you're citing. And it's, I mean, basically, I think the easiest way to explain it is after 150 people, you need name tags, and mm. that, that changes the whole dynamic of the group. Yeah. Uh, and when you've got 150 people, you think about, like, um, being able to arbitrate disputes with neighbors—if you know—if you're in a neighborhood of 150 people, you can deal with that as a group. You get above that, you start needing some kind of external authority um, to come in. If if you don't know the other person, it becomes harder.
1: It's really interesting that you say this because this is um, uh, this is the one thing that Jefferson and Adams argued right before they died. They said, you know, that one of them said to the other, "This is going to fall apart," and the other said, "No, I, I will." But then they will remember what we were trying to do, and they'll go back to Deuteronomy, and the other said, that's the problem. We didn't do enough Deuteronomy, which what they you know, we're dealing now with. I know what that means, but yeah. for, for listeners that aren't familiar with Deuteronomy. <laughs> Deuteronomy you- is, uh, is the Bible, oh, um, uh- <laughs> and it's, the, it's kind of the law part of the Bible, okay? And they, the, in there, they talk about how society needs to be broken up, and it needs to be broken up into what are called stakes, and I think it's about 150 people, and so, what they really? wanted to, yeah, what and this they, is in Deuteronomy. They, yeah. They're like organizing groups right. of people. Yeah. Wow. So, what they wanted to do was divide the country into what are called stakes. So you'd have hundred and fifty people or hundred and fifty families, whatever yeah. it is. And then when it hit 170, hundred and you know seventy, it would break in half, and it would be now two squares. And oh, when really that, and it would just keep breaking up to keep that number, so yeah. you would know yeah. your neighbor. And they didn't put that in our Constitution, and that's why we have this gerrymandering where yeah. you don't really know who to talk
2: to. And this is important, probably a good time to note, that you are limiting the amount of listeners to your podcast to
1: 150. That's right. you got to right. get, get in fast, guys. Yeah, okay. We're capping we're <laughs> it off at 150 people. So it starts on Monday? starts on Monday, yeah. It starts on Monday. Something's off with Andrew Heaton. Yeah, and uh, you, I, I don't even know if you can subscribe yet, uh, but it'll be up on The Blaze, and you'll get it wherever podcasts, uh, mm-hmm. you find podcasts. But I've come up with a selection of uh, my favorite uh, Mostly Weekly
2: episodes. Oh, really? And please, I'm going to be uh, put, tweeting them out all day today. Thank so you very world much. So at go there. He, and yeah.
1: He's at Mighty Heaton. Please uh He's please really, 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 really funny, and we're thrilled to have you a part Thank of the Thank you. Team. I, I am happy to be here, guys. I think it's going to be yeah. a lot of fun. Okay. Andrew Heaton will we'll crush his soul within six months. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he'll <laughs> be a broken man. Uh, soon. So get him while he's still, you know, <laughs> yeah. spirited. Uh, thank you so much, Andrew. I appreciate it. All right. Let me mm-hmm. talk about the uh, X ex- <laughs> chair. X chair. We're sitting on a couple of X chairs. Uh, I, I absolutely love the X chair. You can adjust it like 600 different ways. It is a great chair for your, uh, for your staff, for you. You have a chair that you need in your office at home. Uh, you need a chair at work. Don't go to stay. Don't go to stay. Don't buy the office chairs. Don't 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 do that. They're cheap. They're crappy. And spend a lot of time in them, too. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to sit in a chair for six or eight or ten hours You'll a day, spend more time in your office chair than you do in bed. Yeah. Uh, so get a really comfortable one. X chair. They're also offering now new two new colors for the holidays, red and white. Oh, my gosh. Is that a MAGA thing? Oh, my gosh. gosh, Red and white. And he's got the red and white hat. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. Why is it always about? It's not. Also, Santa must be for Trump, too, because he wears red and white. Anyway, they're great. They're great chairs. They'll have one for you overnight. You can get it for Christmas prefer one of the uh, standing desks x chair has its own version called the x flex top sit stand desk check it out at xchairbeck.com xchairbeck.com on sale now hundred dollars off just go to xchairbeck.com or call 844-4xchair xchairbeck.com Let me go to uh, Cindy in Virginia. who has been holding a while. Hello, Cindy. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program.
3: Hey, how are you doing?
1: I'm very good. What's up?
3: Ah, So I actually met you last week at the uh, meet and greet. Uh, which city? Uh, uh, Richmond.
1: In Richmond. Okay, great. Yeah. Great. So
3: if I could, I would like to commend Stu on early in the broadcast not having mixed up Charlotte and in, in Charlottesville.
1: Uh, That's right. I don't think we need to go. there. No, let's just tell the story. (laughs) This is a good one. So
2: Glenn um, was talking about Charlottesville uh, in, you know, Virginia and uh, was uh, kept calling it Charlotte over and over again. And of course, I could have easily jumped in and corrected him. But I thought it was better for him to just continue to say it until the crowd basically revolted and started screaming Charlottesville at you.
3: Yeah, I agree. I I agree. It was a good job, though. It was good. I have to tell you, I took a lot away from that, and I was the one, I don't expect you to remember, but upstairs who was talking about our kids, my older, my younger kids, rather, or older kids, rather, the same age as your younger kids, and I was asking when the young adult uh, edition of Addicted to Outrage would come out, and I think you basically told me to go ahead and write it. So I'll work on that. (laughs) But, um, you know, I took a lot away from that evening, and, and it all comes back to my kids, but there was one point in that night where my heart sank, and only one, and it was when you showed the, um, I guess, basically the logo of the Democratic Socialist, which was, I think, the hand-in-hand with the red rose.
1: Okay, hang on just a second. I've I, I got to take a quick break. I want to come back, and then y- you can explain what that is and why that, why your heart sank uh, when, we, uh, when we come back.
5: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
1: Uh, we're talking to Cindy in uh, Virginia, who was at the um, uh, the uh, state show last week in Richmond, Virginia, where we were talking about uh, uh, addicted to outrage. And at one point, uh, we put a tweet up on the screen and it was i trying to remember what it was, but it had a picture of a gun on it. And I think it said I was going to go collect a bunch of bloody hats uh, right, at, yeah. a, at a MAGA party. Uh, And it was it was tweeted out by someone who was a member of the Democratic Socialist Party. And I said, how do you know uh, that this person is a member of the DSA? And up next to their name was the logo of the DSA. And almost no one knew that. Uh, And it's a it's a logo of a uh, black hand or a dark hand and a white hand uh, coming together in a handshake with a rose in the middle. So you said that was disturbing, Cindy. Tell me about it.
3: Well, you know, my my going-on 14-year-old daughter had just literally put in little red rosebud earrings the day before, you know, Mm. completely innocently. Mm. And, you know, it's a small thing, but I'm sure it's always been this way, but especially in that age group, or maybe it's especially today, every little thing has these, you know, huger meanings. And, you know, I feel like... You know, I, I was thinking on the way back. You know, they've already taken the rainbow away from us, but unfortunately, it's more like they they push the rainbow on them in the schools, and it, like it's just one more thing for parents. And I know, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're not like personally entrenched in public school systems. You know, we've made the choice; our kids are in public school, yeah. and you know, it's awesome and amazing. I know a number of people who homeschool. People have made other choices no matter what each choice of us, you know, no matter what each choice we make, the whole system and the way these kids are being educated affects every single one of us. And it's just boom, 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 thing after thing after thing every day. So I feel like one of my additional full-time jobs is almost like this clandestine system where I find, like, counter information and I leave it on the counters for the kids so that they're seeing the flip side of things. They're seeing the other side of stories. And you know it's like you know i don't i don't want to do this one like just wear your earrings
1: yeah no <laughs> and, and, and I i'm not, not saying another meaning, wait, wait, Cindy, you know? I, I i want you to know i hope they didn't didn't take from me that you should avoid the image of a oh, rose no I'm, no
3: not yeah, at okay. all no no not at all it's just no it's just it's it's the other way it's it's them taking it you know taking something simple and beautiful and making it a political you know everything's political it's <sighs> yeah. days and, even for these little kids in the schools that, you know, they see it all the time and it's just sad.
1: Well, I, uh, I appreciate your phone call and I appreciate that you left there, um, uh, thinking, I hope you, I hope you left there learning something new. Um, uh, and, uh, and also, you know, hopeful. Did you leave there hopeful at all?
3: Oh yeah, absolutely! Okay, it was great. You know, I, I had a couple hours drive home, and I was like, "What did I take away?" And I keep going back to the kids, and that was never my intended bailiwick in life. But I was like, "You know, how do we get them younger? How yeah. do we get them younger? How do we get them younger?" Yeah. So that's you know my t- my big takeaway.
1: Good, Cindy. Thank you so much. Yeah. God bless you. Thank thanks. You. Thanks so much for coming to the uh, show. By well, the way, we're going to be on tour uh, in Orlando and Tampa. What in a couple of weeks? Is that right? Is it in yeah. December? Or is it? Yeah, it's. Uh, it must
5: it's be next of- week.
2: No. No? It's November 8th today, uh, and we are going to be, to be uh, in, I know it's the November 30th is oh, when okay. we're going to be there, so we've got a few weeks. Okay. Uh, and it goes into that weekend.
1: Okay, so uh, glennbeck.com slash tour, get your tickets. It's a fun show, lots of laughs, uh, and you'll, you'll, you'll learn a lot. You know, I want to, can I bring it back to um, the, um, I'm working on something for tomorrow's show. Uh, and I, and I, I want to talk to you tomorrow about, um, how, how do we judge, um, people with what's going on? People are, people are, f- people are, uh, you don't know who the good guy and bad guy is. You really don't, you don't know. And they're just subtle things that, you know, uh, take you from a person that is concerned about all the things I am. And uh, there's a fine line between that and all of a sudden you're in a group with a bunch of racists. You know, how do you talk about immigration and and know when the people around you are like, wait, you're thinking a different way. Or, for instance, people that, you know, on the Democratic side that believe in in a bigger welfare state, but all of a sudden are standing around in a group. and They're like, wait, you want to abolish capitalism? No, that's not what I want to do it's very subtle and it's because we're not speaking the truth to each other and we're also um <clears throat> we don't understand each other and as you you look at the jim costa uh, thing and you see how he treated the president and we're a country split on that i don't know for consistency's sake how the left is split on this, how they are not seeing it the way, you know, many Americans uh, see it. <clears throat> At least I see it as two kids. Uh, I think the president in this case was right. I don't think that the White House was right the way they spun it afterwards when Sarah Sanders came out and said that, you know, uh, Jim Acosta, you know, accosted this woman or, you know, hit her or anything else. It, that, that None of that happened. There, none of that happened. And the tape is there to prove it. So that's wrong. Um, I think the president did get mad at the end and he got a little snippy at the very end. But I would have, too. What else do you do? It's like a it's like a comedy show. At some point, the heckler has to be removed because we got to move on. And if you won't play by the rules, what are you going to do? So. How is this possible? Well, I think there's a couple of things that the left misses. You know, Jonathan Haidt, uh, he, he wrote about the foundations of, uh, of morality in our society. And he says there are six pillars, and they are care, fairness, liberty, loyalty, authority, and purity. He says out of these six pillars, liberals only and now remember he's a liberal he's an NYU professor so sorry liberals but he said there's only 3 pillars out of the 6 that liberals even recognize and that's care fairness and liberty i have a right it's just not fair let's balance thing and don't you care about the children okay conservatives also relate to liberty relate to fairness Look at Kavanaugh. That's why people were against that. They thought that was unfair. Uh, Care about the children. Conservatives are much more personably uh, personal. uh, Their personal charitable givings are higher than liberals. We do care. We just think we should care, not the government per se. All right. So conservatives have all six of these. But liberals do not have an understanding or even consider loyalty, authority, and purity. And let me give you a couple of examples. Purity is nothing sacred. Is nothing sacred? Is nothing off limits? Is is nothing so vile that you will say no to? Authority. Authority. I'm sorry, the police are not pigs, the police. We should respect the authority until they violate that. So we're much more. Look, there's a reason why. And, you know, I, I I love the way the CIA says in the middle of the desert or the NSA says in the middle of the desert. The reason why they put those servers in the middle of a desert was because of the vast amount of water that is available to keep those servers cool it's a desert the reason why they did that is because mormons are very compliant they respect authority and the last people you're going to have a problem with in an uprising is a group of mormons that's my speculation but i believe i've heard the nsa say well it's because they're so patriotic yeah 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 they're also compliant And so the last group that you're going to have a problem with an uprising because they respect authority are the Mormons in Salt Lake. And that's why those NSA servers are there, in my opinion. So authority is something that conservatives respect and loyalty, loyalty to God, our our country, our founding principles, uh, our military, even our politicians, Donald Trump. It's why they have they've pushed this one sometimes a little too far. They will become uber loyal. And even when they shouldn't necessarily be loyal, they'll push it, especially when under attack. They are very loyal people. Okay, Liberals don't have those. And that's not me saying that this is a New York uh, University study with an NYU professor. This is widely respected from all sides of the aisle. So what happened yesterday? Why does why is Costa seen like a hero yesterday? Well, not only because people want vengeance and people want it on both sides. People want on the right to see Donald Trump smash the press, the press, on the left wants uh, the left wants to see the press smash Donald Trump okay that's an overriding thing but also conservatives look at that situation and say it's the white house it's the president there is decorum there is authority is nothing sacred anymore Do you not have any loyalty to anything? Not the president, but the presidency. Do you not have any loyalty, purity? And do you not respect any authority? That's what really um, secondary to the I just want the president to go ahead and swing because they think he deserved it. I think he deserved it. Um, But secondary, but not a uh, it's a very close second is he's the president this is a press conference this is not appropriate you don't have the authority to speak to the president that way after you've asked your question there is a system in place for this is there nothing sacred anymore until the until liberals can understand and are willing To see things from our perspective, they will not grow. They won't be able to bring us back together. And until we can understand that they don't see those three, so we stop talking to them about those three. If you want to make a difference and you want to win an argument, talk to them about all of the issues about care, fairness, and liberty. Because what are they going to now on this? He has a right to be there. You can't crush his liberty. You're not going to say, well, he's the president and this is a press conference, and there is a chain of command, and he was doing it. They won't hear it. They won't hear it. You have to meet them on care, fairness, and liberty. And the thing on liberty is he does have a right to do that. But he's become an advocate. Those questions were advocates you know, he was advocating for a point of view. He was not asking a question. And and personally, I don't think the president should have taken his credentials away. I think CNN should have punished him for that and said, look, if you want to be an advocate, but be an advocate, you can ask him tough questions and ask them. But we have rules at CNN and we don't want to see anybody's liberty squashed, but for liberty to work, we also have responsibilities.
2: The problem is they do have standards at CNN, and I think you're seeing them. That's what they are. Exactly yeah, right. The fact that they're coming out and with this glorious praise, as if the guy you know yeah. cured cancer, shows yeah, the,
1: that the the real trouble here is CNN's management. It's not Jim Acosta. He's he's doing exactly what he's being cheered on to do. Sponsor this half hour is Lifelock e-commerce continues its explosive growth um and this is going to be a problem for the holidays there is an increase of 297% in the in the number of fake retail websites That's crazy. 300% increase, and it's only going to get worse. Now, this is where they come and they fish for all of your information. Cybercriminals can use that for your IP address, credit card, shipping address, and uh, they pull off these scams, and then they have everything that they need. So many threats in today's connected world, and it just takes one single weak link, and they're in. That's why the new LifeLock Identity Theft Protection adds the power of Norton Security, so they protect against the threats against your devices, not just your identity, but the devices that you're not going to be able to see or fix on your own. Nobody can stop all cyber threats, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but... New LifeLock with Norton Security will see the threats that you might miss. So go to lifelock.com or call 800 lifelock. Use the promo code BACK for an extra 10% off your first year. Plus you're going to get a $25 Amazon gift card with annual enrollment. It's promo code BACK. 1800 lifelock or lifelock.com. Glenn Beck tonight on TV.
5: No catastrophe is too catastrophic. No apocalypse is too apocalyptic. No sports questions are too be answered. I don't know what's going on here. Glenn takes your calls live on the air. The show starts at 5 p.m. Eastern, so get in line a little early at 888-727-BEC. Only on The Blaze.
1: It's tomorrow Friday, right? Uh, yeah, Bill O'Reilly is going to be joining us uh, on Friday. Today, I'm taking your phone calls uh, for the 5 o'clock show. Uh, you don't want to miss uh, Ask Glenn Anything at 888-727-BECK. That you should get in about probably 4.45 Eastern time if you uh, want to be on the uh, program, but you can ask us. We'll talk about absolutely anything today. Make sure you get in. Uh, tomorrow, um, we're going to talk a little bit about... Uh, how do we how do we move forward from here with, the, with everything going more and more crazy and um, and the lines getting sharper and sharper and yet there's this movement where people are saying I don't really want to stand with either side how do you move forward we're going to start to delve into that on tomorrow's broadcast Glenn Beck, Mercury.